This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash pspore24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Hello and welcome to episode 458 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Wednesday, May 17th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, flying solo. And today we're talking pitching, specifically my pitching rankings. <gasps> They're coming. They're coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow, the 18th. Paul's pitching rankings will officially be out. However, they're a little different. And that's why I wanted to do this first to kind of prep y'all for, for when they come out. Because they're not... The, uh, the necessarily the standard way of doing it. I'm just not doing the one to one hundred list. I, I don't know. I 
I'm sorry. I think that that's kind of tired. And there's too much nuance required when you're talking about starting different guys and, and how your league goes and what you want out of it that I just the, – the straight up you know, numbered list I find lacking. I, I find it severely lacking. And so what I've done is I've made five groupings. Um, five main groupings, and then I got a, a couple supplemental ones that are that are injured guys and uh, minor leaguers. Here's the thing on on the injured guys. I'm not ranking that. This is part of part of the whole numbered list thing. I'm not ranking Corey Kluber and Noah Syndergaard, quote unquote, normally because I don't know what the hell's going to happen. They're hurt right now. Like it doesn't make sense to make that guess. We're not that precise with guys that are fully healthy. Why am I going to try to slot in some guys that are hurt, right? Like that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm doing things a little bit differently and I'm eager to see, to have you guys, you know, get the list, digest it and, and let me know what you think, where, where it misses, where it works, what you'd like to see. You know, it, it can evolve from here, but this is a new starting point as far as I'm concerned. So let me tell you a little bit about, uh, about what you're going to see when you're looking at these rankings tomorrow, I've got the five main classifications must start, usually start, spot start, could start, and don't start. Okay, those are pretty self explanatory on their face, but I want to go into a little bit more detail. Now, a must start, again, seems pretty obvious right out the gate. Okay, must start. These are the best guys. Yes, but no, also, like they're not. It's not just a grouping of the 100% best guys. There are some guys that I think are must-starts, even if your expectation isn't on a level with some of the guys that are included in this list, right? We have the obvious ones, Sale, Kershaw, Scherzer, Carrasco, Cole, DeGrom, you know, those sorts of guys. McCullers, I think, is in there. But then we have other guys that aren't aren't pitching quite as well right now or don't even have that same kind of ceiling, but that you can't really bench because, yes, maybe they're underperforming right now, but but how would you really pick and choose the right spot to bench them? Like, are, are you that good? No. Am I? No. So you have to you have to start them. You, you, you just have to. And, you know, there's not too many candidates like that. I'm not I'm not putting, you know, I'm not putting Matt Andrees in there. Like, oh, no, you got to basically start Matt Andrees at any point. Sorry, Matt Andrees. I know you're listening. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, dog. I'm not I'm not going at you. I'm just saying you're not on that level yet. But like there are some guys that might feel a little fringier for, for the for the quote unquote top tier. But like, how are you benching them? How, how are you deciding like, oh, I, I, you know, I can I can make this decision here like. One that would probably surprise folks that for me, I'm like, well, when, when do I ever feel like I need to bench this guy? Even though he's not elite, I don't bench Jake Odorizzi. I don't. I mean, he, the dude's been very, very consistent. He's been very consistently a strong pitcher. If you look back now, we've got four years. Well, three three seasons completed, 14, 15, and 16, and then so far into this year with like a reasonable skill set that you can feel confident that you really can't bench. That doesn't mean there's not going to be bad starts, but you, you, you have to start him. You have to, especially this year. Like his strikeout rates down a, a couple ticks, but his walk rates down in unison. Meanwhile, his strike swinging strike rate is up. 
which suggests to me that maybe the strikeout rate could come back, and if he keeps the walk gains with it, then all of a sudden Jake Odorizzi's on another level. Now, he's having a weird season. He's given up a lot of homers, but his BABIP is tiny. His left on base rate is high. So I'm not even basing this so much off of 2017, but rather the track record that he's established now. Three years of of a, of a mid to high threes. I know he had a 413 ERA in, in 2014, but that was also with a uh, uh, strikeout per inning over a strikeout per inning. So, you know, you add it all up and it's probably, I'm eyeballing it. I, I, I'm on the Fangraphs page right now looking at his 14 through 16. You add it all up, it's probably something like a 375 ERA over those three seasons. It was 413, then 335, then 369. Okay. You can't bench that guy. Like, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see a situation where you're really benching that guy. Now, before you email in your unique, you know, six team um guys whose names only start with g's uh or their last name starts with a through m okay well then you can't play jake odorizzi okay your league's very interesting i i guess there is like a little little wiggle but for the most part no i I, 10 team mixed start jake odorizzi why not like what like how much better do you have in ten team mixed that you're that you're benching him? I, I guess like there are there's going to be individual exceptions. I can't cover every potential exception. You're the guy who had you know three major injuries. You got you got Kluber, Thor, and um, Nola all got hurt. But hey, you've been killing it. You also scooped. Um, you know, Vargas, I don't know, Nova, and Bundy in their place. And so you've got, you do actually kind of have like a plethora of pitching. And they all got two start weeks and along with some other guys. And Odorizzi doesn't, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. There's going to be out, outliers. I'm talking generally here. And I think that somebody like Jake Odorizzi, Marco Estrada is another one. How are, you can't you're not gonna you don't know when Jay, when Mark Marco Estrada is gonna have a tough outing. He's going to he's gonna have tough outings, but you don't know when. And I don't feel like there's any confidence you can have and say, well, I'll bench him here, but then I'll start him there. I can't wait to start him against Atlanta because it's Atlanta and he's at home. Well, he gives him five runs, so you didn't know that. He goes to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's not that good. They're not they're not awful, but I'm you know I'm starting Marco Estrada and gives him five runs. Goes into New York against the Yankees. Oh, I got to sit him, man, because Marco Estrada gives up homers. This team is raking. This was back on May 1st. Can't start him there. Seven innings, one run. So we just don't have the precision that we like to pretend that we do. And I think there's 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 more, quote-unquote, must-start guys than, than we probably think. I got, I got the list 25 deep. So you're going to see that tomorrow. It runs 25 deep, okay? Obviously, the aces are there. They're going to be ranked within each grouping, okay? So then you can start to make some decisions on your own. And if you've got some of the some of the trending, you know, the the, the hotter uh, running guys in in the usually start going two starts, and you have a couple must starts that are only one start, and it's it's tougher. I can understand. Okay, fine. You're going to start Michael Waka and Julio Tehran on some killer two start weeks over. Odorizzi, okay? Again, exceptions, I get it. But I feel confident about what I'm doing here with, with the with the groupings. Usually start, 
that seems pretty self-explanatory. You usually start them. The exceptions would be Colorado. You know, I could see I could see that. But even then, I got a guy like Alex Wood here in the usually start. He goes into Colorado and he dominates. For the most part, there's got to be I don't there's got to be an extenuating circumstance. I got to find a reason not to start these guys right now. And let me back up quickly here and talk about the fact that I am a lot more um in the now focused with these pitcher rankings. And I I I I feel comfortable doing that. I understand it's a long-term game and you can't overreact to every start. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, "Oh, this guy had a five earned run out and cut him." Uh, this guy just had six shutout innings, but he's but he's Phil Hughes, so go pick him up and 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 cut Kyle Hendricks for him. Not, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But when you see skills supported performance from guys, go with it. Trevor Cahill's all the way up in this usually start tier because look what he's doing, right? Like we all the markers that we look for, he's fulfilling. His strikeout rate doesn't look at all fraudulent because there's a gaudy swinging strike rate to back it up of 14%. Um, You know, he pitches for San Diego, so that certainly helps. Great ground ball rate. Great ground ball rate and strikeout rate combined. Like, if I told you I got a guy for 30% strikeout rate, 60% ground ball rate, are you interested? You would instantly say yes. Then I would say, okay, his name's Trevor Cahill, and you would say no. A lot of you would. And I get it. Trevor Cahill's history has to mean something, right? I I totally understand that. You again, you can't just go blindly and saying, "Well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll ignore uh, history one hundred percent and and trade um, trade Jake Arrieta for Trevor Cahill." That's not what I'm saying. You don't have to. The market doesn't force you to do that anyway, because the market would say you could get Cahill and something anyway. So. That's an irrelevant uh, hypothetical that I just made up. So let's move on. Um, but I think the usually start tier is going to have a lot more guys that you're like, huh, that's kind of interesting. How's this guy all the way up here? And then when you see the spot start tier and you compare it to some of the usually starts, you're going to be like, whoa, what's going on here? But again, I'm I'm focusing a bit on, on the here and now, and we're going to start kind of you know using a rolling handful of starts five to seven to ten starts to start making these decisions a little bit more because i do think pitching is that fluid now again track record guys you trust like i got jose quintana in the must starts so before you start to think that i'm just going to be recommending the flavor of the month as a must start please recognize that i am still trusting track record Jose Quintana has a 4.38 ERA and a 1.42 WHIP this year, but what I'm saying is, how how do you bench him? How, how sway? You know, and he's 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 rolling again lately too. Anyway, so that that might not be the best example, but it might be a little jarring when you first see Jose Quintana in the must start, and you're like, well, wait, look at what he's doing this year. How am I going to must start him? Because he got three straight years, four straight years, excuse me, of 200 plus innings of a mid threes or better ERA. So how are you benching him? There's nothing that suggests that uh, that that he's broken. Uh, the walk rate's way up. That's the one major difference. But his first pitch strike rate is actually up as well. And uh, his zone percentage is down a little bit, but not so much where you're like, oh, these walks are 100% legit. 
So I actually feel like the walk rate should be coming back down, and Jose Quintana will get, you know, will, will meander back to where he belongs. So again, th- th- those are kind of I understand it might sound like those are competing ways of, of of looking at it, where we're still believing in track record, but we're also reacting to what's happening in front of us, where pitchers are dominating, and we're going to roll with it. Again, they got to be dominating though. We're not talking one start. We're not we're not t- we're not talking. Hey, he had his best start of the season. Let's boost him 50, 50 spots or into into a tier where he's starting more often than not. We're talking about Alex Wood, thirty five and two thirds innings of a thirty three percent strikeout rate, two twenty seven ERA and a one hundred one WHIP plus previous track record of success. You understand that Alex Wood has risk, both uh, or not both all from health, playing time because they have like 50 starters that they just keep bouncing on and off the DL and uh, risk of performance because he's, he's, he's performed poorly in the past. These are some new highs that we're dealing with. They're not set in stone. So again, I, like, I, I understand that um, there's going to be some, some, some adjustment here. Now you're looking at the spot start when we jump down to the third level and there's going to be some names in here that you're like, no, no way, dude. What do you mean I'm spot-starting Danny Salazar right now? Yeah, you're spot-starting him. I'm not even sure you should be starting him at all right now the way he's going. Because despite the strikeouts, everything else is a mess. And it's really starting to feel like Danny Salazar might be hurt. He has a history of, of, of being nicked, you know, barking this, bulky that. So you look at the the big walk rate. It's the same as last year's 10.8 to 10.7. But last year, the the home runs were kind of under control for him, 1.05. You could deal with that. That's that's That was even a little bit better than his career. This year, we're at 1.96. We're at, we're at 2. You round it to 2. Home runs going out of the park left and right. His ground ball rate has... has he's flipped back to previously in his career, where he's, where he's more of a fly ball guy. Balls in the air, either strike out or a home run. How do you feel confident blindly putting him into your into your lineup right now? At some point, you have to react to what we're seeing, even with a track record, because there's so many there's so many crooked numbers in the wrong columns. Yeah, the strikeout column's still good, even in his last start, just yesterday on, on Tuesday the 16th for Danny Salazar, five runs on four homers, six hits, five innings, nine strikeouts, and that's maddening. But like. You know, there's there's an AL version to Robbie Ray. We, we keep talking about Robbie Ray, and he's got these great strikeout rates. And okay, the dude is terrible at home. He cannot succeed at home. He's not had any track record of success at home. His walk rate's way up. His home run rate is up and, and has been a problem throughout his career. He finally brought his BABIP down to a respectable 308. Respectable because he had like a 340 coming into the season. 457 ERA, 422 FIP, like, you know, the whip is a nightmare, always has been. So, yeah, you get the strikeouts, but, like, how's Robbie Ray a usually start or or a must start? I don't see it. I don't see it. But I think he's treated as such. I think I look at some other, you know, stuff around, and I think about where I had him ranked coming into the season, and I'm like, eh, let's tone it down a little bit. Now, here's the thing. 
just getting into the spot starts, that's only beyond the top 50. So it's not even like I'm, I'm putting Salazar and Ray, you know, out to pasture. I don't want it to. I don't want it to seem like that. But I do think there's going to be some, like a little bit of of shock when they see that Mike Leak is in the usually start because you have a reasonable expectation of what you're going to get from Mike Leak. I understand this. This isn't because he's he's at a peak right now, peak Leak with an NL best 194 ERA. That okay. Let me back up because that's I'm probably full crap on that. That that has to have some influence. If he had the 469 ERA that he had last year, I wouldn't put him in the usually start. But what I would what I would say though is, even though I don't feel like he's going to keep a 194 all year, you look at his career track record, and that's a guy that like, you kind of know what you're going to get. So if you have Mike Leak in a league, then you know that you're trying to get an innings eater of high threes ERA. And you'll take anything else as gravy. So if he's got a two-start week, you know, if he's not going into a really treacherous situation, then you start him. So that's why he's a usually start for me. Like, why? Again, I think part of it is, and maybe maybe this is kind of the linchpin of it, too, in terms of understanding it. If you have him in a league, if you if you saw fit to pick him up, then you're just you're starting leak right now. You're not trying to pick and choose. Yes, he's on a hot streak. Yes, it will come down. When you don't know. I don't know. So, you know, the you're probably gonna have like a six, five, six earned run outing at some point. Could be against uh, the Padres, it could be against the Nats. He also has seven shutout innings against the Nats earlier this year. And hasn't given up more than three earned runs in any outing. So why would you think that you could pick and choose when that's a good time to start him? Another name on the usually start, because of the way he's pitching right now, this is definitely not like a deep track record thing. And he's coming off of a horrific year last year. He only threw nine starts and he wasn't good. So the, the name's going to be like, wait, what? Jesse Hahn. Jesse Hahn's rolling right now, though. Again, I don't feel confident thinking that I know when is a good or bad time to sit Jesse Hahn. Ideally, I want him at home. Yes, I get that. But the strikeout rate's way up. Walk rate's kind of where it always is. Velocity's up. Curveball is, is, is clicking. Apparently, he's got his grip back on his curveball. Things are working there. He's been incorporating a slider, so he's got a four-pitch mix right now. How am I benching this guy? I know there's there's factors working that are going to, again, come back to earth. 256 Babip. But he had 270 and 273 those two years when he was really showing us some stuff with the Padres. Uh, and then his first year with the A's back in 14 and 15 for Jesse Hahn. So again, it's not just completely out of nowhere. Here's a, here's an example, right? Um, Zach Godley is pitching really well right now. There's some changes. I'm kind of digging Zach Godley. I can't get him in the usually start, though. There's no track record of like, oh, Zach Godley might be kind of lit. But there is some hype around... You know Jesse Hahn, or, or at least there was like there was prospect hype. He came up, he did some things. Like he's got some, uh, you know, some major league work on on the ledger where you're like, okay, yeah, 
I feel I feel pretty good about about that. Godley does have some previous major league work, but nothing like this. The one thing that he does have that he always had Godley did was these swinging strike rates that you're like, hey, your strikeout rate should probably be a little bit higher. Last year he allowed 1.6 homers, and so that just that just tanked his season. But so far this year, velocity's way up, movement is filthy, sinker's looking nasty. Um, so he's getting a lot of swing and miss. There's a lot of walks with it, and uh, I think Jeff Zerman did a piece today and mentioned that some of it's nibbling, maybe a little bit, trying to be a little bit too fine, maybe trust his stuff a little bit more. Um, but I got Zach Godley all the way up into the spot start tier, so that's that's where you're you know you're looking for reasons to start him. Because the first two tiers only run 50 deep. So even the spot start tier, you're going to be in and out with, with, with these different guys here. Um, and, and probably the, the upper half of that, that that's a 42-person tier, the spot start tier. So that's where things really thicken up. And I've been talking about this for years, a couple years. Years makes it – I guess years is anything more than two. I understand that. Or anything two or more. But I think when I say that, I, I, I feel like it connotes something that's like – three plus so i'll say i've been talking about for the last couple of years that once you get into i think i've been saying like 45 to 90 and that's about what this is it's actually 51 to 92 once you get there the differences are you know they're they're imperceptible at times their preference their hot hand their matchup it's like all these like little things that you're just making your decisions on. I need strikeouts. I just need innings. I need to help my whip. So you're tweaking, right? It's the levers of your team that you're, that you're looking with as opposed to just taking the straight up most talented guy because it's not just who has the most value. We're not adding up value at the end of the year. We're either trying to get the most points every week to get into the playoffs and then get the most points in the playoffs in a head-to-head or you're trying to get the most um, of, of a specific set of categories to gain the most points in a roto. So you have to kind of work your team to where the, those those pieces all fit together. And that's why once you kind of get beyond the top 50, you start you start putting in the the people that, that are going to help your team, the pitchers that are going to do best for you for what you need. Maybe you got maybe you've got several of the big strikeout guys from the must start and usually start tiers. So all you're looking for is some good innings. I just want some solid innings. I don't want to get too killed. I don't want to take too much risk. You know, obviously anybody that's 51 and beyond, there's some risk that they can get blown up. But just give me some Chris Tillman. And Joe Biagini or something. You know, Joe Biagini, there's probably risk because he hasn't really been doing it that long, but he's been solid. Out of the out of the bullpen, um, you're probably only going to get five, you know, between four and six innings. But the skills are there. Uh, he's really brought a lot of what he did in the bullpen onto the mound as a starter so far in two starts. So you spot him in or something. Maybe you're the other way. You've got a little bit more of the, of, of the stayed, like, solid guys. Um, you know, you got Granky and Lester and and the aforementioned Leak and and you struck big on on Vargas. So you've got like solid. You know, they're 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 not flashy. They they've been getting the job done, but you need some strikeouts or something. You or you want or you want to shoot shoot for the moon a little bit. So then you go back to Salazar or Ray or Charlie Morton 
or Jeff Samarja, Brandon McCarthy in a two-start or something. While he's healthy, right? I mean, while he's healthy, he's good. And again, that, that tier runs so deep to give everybody a chance to, to, to think about it that way, right? Let's, let's move to a deeper league format, and you're just looking for, for some, the solid innings again. Okay, maybe Zach Davies is back on track. You know, Scott Feldman is not flashy at all. But if I got a good, if I got a good setup, I'll take Scott Feldman. I'll try to get six strong innings, whatever. Give me, or, or give me a baseline quality start. You know? You feel comfortable that you can probably get a baseline quality start more often than not. Like we can, we made fun of Zach uh, Scott Feldman for being an opening day starter, which, by the way, like it's kind of lame to make fun of him. It's like not 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 his fault that they named him the opening day starter, and it's usually something for a, a, a higher prestige pitcher. But the dude, like quickly in your head without looking, when's the last time Scott Feldman had a sub four ERA? Or, damn it, I messed it up. Had an over four ERA. 2012, okay? 2012 is the answer. And that's in, that's seasons of 181, 180, 108, just 77 last year, mostly in the bullpen, but then 47 and two-thirds this year. Most of that, the overwhelming majority of that is starting, and the dude hasn't been over four since 2012. And he had a 509, despite a 381 FIP, so he probably didn't even deserve that, but his left on base rate was down at 61%. Just had some really bad sequencing, and so it sent him up over five uh, at a five hundred nine. But he was three ninety four the year before that. So now, I mean, I, I understand he's a thirty four year old. We're getting we're getting deep into his you know to the early part of his career. Actually, that's more like the middle part. Dude's been around since two thousand five. Anyway, Scott Feldman's not really the point here, but but hopefully you're getting the point of what I'm looking at. So the spot start guys. In a lot of instances, you know, you're, you're you're looking to start them in the most favorable spots. Sometimes you're going to have them, and you're not going to really have a, ch- a choice, right? If you, I understand, if you're in a 15-team mixed, you can't you can't really sit Danny Salazar. Okay, I get that. But at the same time, like that's 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 where the quantity of pitcher comes in, and you got to kind of make make your own adjustments, right? Because if we assume that you know every team in that in that league has at least six starters. And we're talking about a 15-team league. You know, we're 90 deep. So I I understand that. Now now we're talking about some of these could starts as your spot start guys, right? So you have to adjust. I can't I can't make a 10-team grouping and then a 12-team and then a 15-team and then an AL only and then like we got to have some finesse with it, some massage. I'm hoping that these categories give you an idea of what I'm going for. And you don't get caught up as much on. Well, I can't. I can't sit. I can't sit Julio Urias in in my eighteen team mix. Like I, I know. I know, dude. That's why he's technically quote unquote ranked fifty seventh. He's in the third tier, and and he's and he's fifty seventh. Okay, so you got to start him in most in most leagues. But if you could spot him. In, in two start weeks, that'd be ideal. Even in a 15-team mixed. But there is upside there. And yet, at, at the same time, you look at somebody like, toward the back end of that tier, Jimmy Nelson, and, and you ask somebody, Jimmy Nelson or Julio Urias, and they're going to say Urias so fast, your head will spin. 
and yet you're like, well, why? Ask them why. Like, what makes you so certain that it's Urias? Upside. Okay. Upside to do what? The dude's not going to go deep into games with any regularity. They've already shown that they're going to they're gonna protect him. And I respect it. I, I totally get what the Dodgers are doing. Again, this isn't anti-Urias, like don't put him on your roster or anything like that. You can still get five and six really good innings when he's starting. You're also going to get some four-inning duds. Or even like some four-inning, quote-unquote, gems, where he goes four innings, only gives up one run on, on two hits, but has four walks uh, and seven strikeouts. So his, his pitch count's way, way built up. And, uh, you know, you got four, four solid innings, but, but you didn't get anything else to show for it, really. Well, the strikeouts, the strikeouts. But no win, no quality start. You know, Jimmy Nelson is pitching pretty well this year. 22% strikeout rate, tying his career high. 8% walk rate, way better than it was when he had that career high strikeout rate back in 2013. And that was only for 10 innings. So I think you can already kind of, you know, put this 22% strikeout rate uh, above that one and say, like, this is the career high one because it's been done in four times as many innings. He's not special. I'm not saying Jimmy Nelson's special. But if you feel so strongly that, that Julio Urias is above Jimmy Nelson, I don't, I don't think I agree. I don't think I get it. I don't think you can, I don't think you can adequately back that up statistically. So anyway, that, that tier runs the deepest. That grouping runs the deepest, the spot start, because it's, it, I think that that covers the different league types because a spot start in a 10-team, Robbie Ray, Charlie Morton, Samarja, is obviously an automatic start in a 15 or beyond, and probably in, in a lot of 12s as well. But then you start getting down to Tyler Anderson, Zach Davies, Patrick Corbin, and you can make some decisions. Could start is just, okay, so if, if you look at the spot starts as like, I am 65% starting them, 35% not, or even 70-30. Like you're leaning with them. You're, you're, you're mostly kind of with these guys, but if you've got a better, if you can find a, a more favorable setup, you know, with some, with some guys you've picked up or even some relievers that you have, or they've got a real treacherous uh, week coming up, then you, then you can bench them. The could starts kind of run the other way. They're not that far away from the, from the spot start grouping in terms of, of their best, but their best doesn't come nearly as often. And so you could start them. You could. Good two-start week. They start running hot. And again, that's why I said we're starting to look at this. Here's one thing I'm doing with this. I will have created – I've already created them uh, – leaderboards with my, with my dashboard stats for, for each of the groupings. And they'll be, they'll be the headers when I, when I list this uh, – when I list the rankings – you know, you'll say you'll see must starts, and it'll be clickable. You'll click on that link, and it'll be all the must start guys again with the dashboard that I usually look at. That kind of gives me, uh, you know, my rundown of pitchers, and it'll be for the full season. But then you can go to the last fourteen days or last thirty days, and you can start making judgments on them. Now, the must starts they got to be way off the radar, or you know, way out of bounds, negatively speaking, with their pitching in like that 30-day sample for me to start saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not start them here. Lester's probably, or excuse me, uh, Arietta's close to that right now. 
He's got a 727 in the last 30 days with a 185 whip. But the strikeouts and walks are still there. The swinging strike rate's still there. He's got a 441 FIP. So, you know, even, even being on that far end, I'm probably still starting him. But I do think that the boards will be more useful for all of the other tiers, to be quite honest. I think the must-start one you can look at and... You know, if we get to a point where we got to make some changes on it, I, I get it. But for the most part, I think you're you're using the boards for these other tiers. For example, you're looking at the could starts, and I'm I'm pulling it up right now. And you know, I'll do I'll do the last thirty days. Like let's let's see who's rolling here. Who's rolling? I'll sort by strikeout minus walk percentage. Just just the the, the snap one I like to look at to kind of start things off. Uh, J.C. Ramirez been rolling over the last 30, but I think his most recent starts haven't been as good. You know, a name stands out to you, you dive in. You have a guy in your waiver wire, he's in the could starts, you look at it the last 30 days. You know, th- that's almost like a tool for you. These are, these are not, this is not the answer key. That I think that's the point I want to drive home the most. This is not the answer key. These are tools. And I still want you guys to be making your own decisions about things, right? I don't have all the answers. I wish I did. I'd be rolling my leagues. That'd be great, but I don't. I'm doing my work and I'm coming up with, with the answers that I have. You might do some different work, but I'm trying to give you some 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 tools to hopefully improve that work. And so, yeah, you, you look in the last 30, you're like, oh, J.C. Ramirez, okay, he's been rolling. Okay, oh, yeah, you had that one bad start against Detroit where he gave up five earned. And was that even a bad start? You click the game log. You look at the innings. Okay, you got a butt kicked in the first inning. Three hits, three runs. Three hits, two runs the next inning. And then allowed two hits over the next five innings. So you're looking at the bad start that J.C. Ramirez had. It wasn't even bad. And frankly, by the way, I'm looking at this right now. And I'm like, uh, maybe he should be in the other tier. So by the time you see this tomorrow, J.C. Ramirez might actually be boosted into the other tier. Because I'm like, hmm. Why did I have him? Why did I have him down here? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the lack of track record. He's at. In fairness to me, he is at the top of the uh, of the um, of the could start tier. But I'm looking. I'm like, damn. Okay, he's been better than I thought. Sorry, sorry, JC. And I and I did kind of have that Detroit start in my head, and I was like, it wasn't great. Career reliever. That wasn't even that bad of a start. I just remembered the first couple innings where the Tigers were, were, were rolling him. And it was a 7-1 route. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, J.C. pitched bad. No, not really. He had two bad innings. And that counts. You don't just slough off the two bad innings and be like, oh, that doesn't count against you. But I think it's a hell of a lot different than laboring through five innings and giving up five runs. The fact that he had those two bad first innings and then made it through seven for them, I guarantee you, Mike Social was like, oh, J.C. threw the ball well today. You know, we didn't get him any run support. We couldn't get, we couldn't get back off those first two innings. But once he got off to that bad start, he 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 settled down. And then he bounced back big in his last start, which was just yesterday against the White Sox. Seven innings, two runs. That's something I really like too, by the way. Game logs are always important to me. Do not just look at an ERA, and, and especially now. But at all, really at all. But I'm, I'm going to really harp on it right now when, when we're still pretty early in the season, month and a half in. That is that is a bad idea. Oh, that guy has a four fifty eight ERA. That guy's or let's go even higher. That guy's a five sixty ERA. He sucks. And you go look in, you're like, there's two dead ass awful starts, two innings, seven runs, you know, three innings, six runs. 
and then all the rest their quality starts are better and you're like oh damn i shouldn't have, i shouldn't have thought he sucked i don't that, that that's a hypothetical because i don't think there's anybody like that with that breakdown but it's not an un, implausible scenario so again we've got the must start the the usually start the spot start the could start and then the don't start group now again the don't start group is like you're trying not to start these guys at all costs but again i understand that league specifics might dictate otherwise pitching's been ravaged this year you know that that you could be in deep crap to the point where you got to start multiple don't starts now obviously the don't starts are um a lot of them are like single league guys that you that again you kind of have to start there's at least some in there that's a 25 person uh grouping and i know some of those guys you're like eh, i gotta kind of run them out for a two start here in my no only okay i get that i get that we are focused mixed league here and again that you do your tweaks to your league and that's why i'm giving you the tools you look at the leaderboard you know you 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 sort by whatever intrigues you have got a lot of good categories up there i think and plus you could you could customize it further can go scroll down, put in some other categories that you like, take out some that you don't like what I did, and then save it yourself. But I've got these here for you to 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 work with, right? Now I'm looking at this group, and it's bad. It's bad. There's only there's only two guys with fifteen uh, percent or better strikeout minus walk rate. So fifteen percent is actually I think league average. Hang on, let me look. Um, what is league average? Paul looking up something on the page. He doesn't know it by heart. Yeah. It is 12%. Okay, so 15% is kind of like well above average. Um, you know, it's, it's substantially above average. So just looking at the don't starts, there's only three. Uh, even looking at the average, the 12%, there's only one other guy that jumps in. And for this year, it's Nick Pavetta, Tim Adelman, and, and Tommy Malone. They're all, they're all, 13% or higher. But uh, in Pavetta's case, he's got a 5 billion home run rate. Actually, it's not 5 billion. It's only 3.1. It is 5 billion, but our, our system errors out at 5 billion, so they had to put in 3.1. Tim Adelman, home runs, same thing. Actually, all three of these guys, home runs have been a major issue. Tommy Malone's the other one, 2.3. 2. He and Adelman both have 2.3. Um, but... If you're looking at this board and you're desperate and you're like, hey, Tim Adelman's going to face two teams that don't hit homers and only one of them's at home, you know, which uh, he's a Cincinnati Red for those of you that don't know, and that park can inflate homers. So you're like, okay, I'll start Tim Adelman in my NL only because there's a a decent setup here and he actually has a solid strikeout minus walk ratio. You know, something like that. Again, these are tools. But for the most part, these don't starts, you don't want to mess with them. They're going to hurt you. They will hurt you. They're mean. They're mean. And they'll trick you. They'll trick you. I got Alex Meyer on this list. I saw I saw what Alex Meyer did shutting down my boys, the Detroit Tigers. I saw it. Relax, Alex Meyer. Relax. Career start against the Tigers. Come on, man. Is that any way to celebrate Mother's Day? By beating the Tigers? Dick move. But he was he beasted. That doesn't change my tune on him though. So again, like I am talking, hey, let's let's be reactive to things. Not not overreactive. Not 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 super reactionary, but 
we can monitor things. So um, I think I've explained. I think I've explained kind of the five groupings: must start, usually start, spot start, could start, don't start. The reason I didn't rank the injured guys, I don't think that that's helpful. I don't. I re- I really don't. There's so much uncertainty around injuries. You know, Jason's got me on never listening to a timetable ever again. Ever. I take it skeptically. I'll listen. Okay, back that up. I'll listen to it, but I'm going to look at it real crookedly. You know, I'll, I'll acknowledge it, but I'll tack on two weeks in my in my brain mentally. I'll be like, okay, plus two at least. So, you know... I know, you know, Price working his way back. I think Paxton's almost back. Here's what I did do, though. I told you, I'm, te- I'm going to tell you when these come out tomorrow, Thursday, the 18th, what tier they would go in when healthy, as it stands right now, right? If things change and, uh, oh, well, he's coming back, and but he's still, you know, elbow's still barking, then things could change. But, like, right now, okay. Here's here's the must starts that are that are currently hurt. Kluber, Syndergaard, Tyone. I think Tyone's done for the year, but I'm I'm just putting him in because I used my previous list as the baseline to start with, and obviously he was on that. Hopefully he gets well, man. That God, that's so brutal. Baseball last thing on his mind right now. Get yourself right. Uh, Bumgarner, Price, Paxton, Hamels. Those are the guys that when they get back, you got to put them right in. You gotta. They've got. They've earned it. Now that's a range, right? You know, Tyone is, is not necessarily in the class of those guys, but that kind of explains my point about the must start. Not necessarily meaning that they're the the automatic best guys, but you have a reasonable expectation of a certain level of of, of quality. There's like a floor to Tyone that you know when he, when he's healthy and pitching, you're like, well, of course I'm starting him of the hundred percent. Why wouldn't I? Even though he's not elite yet, and hopefully, hopefully he fights through this. Dude's been crushing roadblocks his entire career with Tommy John hernia, so you know, hopefully he crushes this tes- testicular cancer thing and gets back on because that dude is a beast. But uh, yeah, so I I will have that for you, so maybe you can get an idea. And I know some people. Like, well, I want I want him ranked, you know, for like trade purposes. I don't even think that that's a viable reason to do it because trades are so like if you're just looking at a rankings list for trades again at this point in the season I think you're doing it wrong. You need to trade based on what your team needs and what's going to help you win. Not this guy's ranked 30th, this guy's ranked 50th, give me the 30th. Let's just look at the 30th and and 50th ranked quote unquote ranked. Cuz yeah, they're going to be they're going to be slotted but like I'm not going crazy on these rankings. Okay, 30 is Ivan Nova. 50 is Jesse Hahn. You tell me there's such a difference between those two. That's 20 slots. It feels significant. It is not. Hell, go 30 to 60. Ivan Nova, Vince Velasquez. Now, that's a better example because they're so they're so different. And you might be like, well, you know what? I like what Nova's doing. I like his his high floor of quality innings with no strikeouts. Should pick up some W's, lots of quality starts. I, I feel pretty safe putting him in 
against anybody really. I I, I feel like I feel like you could put Nova in the must start to be quite honest, but the usually start is, is is so close and there's like such small. It's just not that big of a difference that that I went ahead and left them in in the usually start, but like. I'm not taking Ivan Nova out of my lineup at all right now in any league. In any league. Why would I? What hasn't he done with Pittsburgh to make me feel confident that I'm going to keep getting this this quality work here? Yeah, there's no Ks. But there's no walks either. There's no walks. He's giving up more homers than walks. This year and last year with the Pirates. Three walks, four homers in the 64 innings last year. Five homers, four walks in the 54 innings this year. So with Pittsburgh, you got 119 innings of 280 ERA, 6.4 strikeouts, 0.5 walks, 0.7 homers. He gives up some hits because, you know, he's he's filling up the zone. Anyway, back back to the – sorry, this wasn't supposed to be a, a, a deep dive of Ivan Nova. But Nova versus Velasquez, right? They're kind of at the polar opposites right now. And I'm not saying we can't forward think at all. You know, again, I'm I'm balancing these two things of like living in the now, also understanding what the future can bring. It's it's a diff it's a difficult balance. I think sometimes folks go too much one way or the other, though. And I and I want that balance to be struck. So if you don't think Vincent Velasquez is hurt or anything, and you feel pretty confident that he can get back on track, and he's, things are going sideways for him, too many homers, too many walks, bad bad left on base rate. Those are workable things, though. Hell, cut the homers alone, and you're going to you know, turn the season. He's at 1.9. That's horrific. But I can see a team where they're like, you know what? Now, I'm not saying you necessarily do Nova for Velasquez straight up. I don't think you have to, though. You're in a situation where you have Nova, and you go and you're making a trade where Velasquez is the guy you get back, you can get a little something back. If it's a two for two, then your secondary piece is much worse. And and so basically in that scenario, if you're ranking the players in the trade, you trade one four for two three. You trade the first and, and worst best players in the deal for the second and third best. Deals like that. But I could see somebody saying, I need I need the strikeouts. Yeah, I, I like the, the ERA is great and Hopefully, uh, Velasquez doesn't continue on a uh, 5.63 ERA track, but I'm going to go ahead and take my shot that uh, the, the, his strikeout ability and his, his raw talent will get him back on track, and uh, I would rather have Velasquez over, over Nova. So that, that's why like, it's not a trade list because they're 30 spots apart. So if you're looking at it like that and you, you take it back to somebody that you're trading with, nah, man, I can't take somebody 30. No, you need strikeouts. So I don't want it to be seen as a trade list. It's a, it's a tool. It's a tool. I've put these guys in the groupings. There is next there there is a next step for y'all. Like again, I don't have all the answers. I don't want anyone to think that I do. I never try to purport that. Because then you're going to just blindly, you know, follow these rankings and come back and say, "Hey, Spore, I'm ninth in my league." You're a garbage bag. I'm not a garbage bag, and you're ninth in your league because you suck at fantasy baseball, okay? Not my fault. I'm just kidding. You don't suck. Fantasy baseball is really freaking hard is what, what the actual truth is, of course. Um, but anyway, so we got the groupings. We got the injured. We got the the minor league guys 
that uh, you know keep on your radar as well. Same sort of deal. They will be tiered. They they will have their tier listed. Some of the guys haven't even debuted yet, so it's going to be a total guess into into where I think they should slot. Um, but that's what we're going with. This is this is what we're trying out. I'm very interested for y'all to see it, to let me know what you think. It is going to be coming out tomorrow, Thursday, the 18th. My pitching rankings will be out, and what I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go for is like um, you know each month we'll we'll, we'll revisit. We'll just let a month go by. We'll revisit. We'll see who's moving up, who's moving down. Um, that should be enough. A month to five weeks. Well, let, let's 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 say that so that you know, on um, June eighteenth, people aren't running me up on a Sunday saying, "Hey, where's the new rankings, clown?" First off, stop calling me clown. You guys are being mean. Secondly, they're coming. You know, so maybe it maybe it's the middle of that week, the twenty second. You know, maybe it's maybe it's early the following week, the twenty sixth. But it would be in that little range. It would not be July sixth. That would be too far. That would be too long. That'd be Paul. You're slacking again. Get it going. And I know you guys are going to ask about my rankings in the chat every single week anyway. Once these ones are up, I guarantee somebody on Friday when I post these on Thursday is going to say, "When's the update coming out?" What? Yeah, the update. When are you going to update these rankings? They've been out for a day. Yeah, well, there have been some innings pitched. Update the rankings. Not going to happen. We're not going to update. We're not going to update that quickly. That'd be crazy. Anyway, appreciate the feedback I've been getting on these. I really enjoy the solo episodes. I know not everybody does. Okay, and I understand that. I completely understand that. Uh, not everything is for everybody. Your experience is not everybody else's. So some of you are like, eh, it sucks. Some of you are like, oh, I love it. Hopefully you enjoy it. I really enjoy it. They're not going anywhere. Um, I've still been uh, having scheduling issues with, with some of the guests I want to get. And so that's on me. But um, you should feel confident of, of getting at least a solo, a Jason, and an Eno every week. So we got the we got the three locked in. Once I start getting these these guests rolling, I want to get a few in the hopper, as they say. Although it's tough with fantasy baseball, it's like that you're not gonna have a lot of evergreen fantasy baseball chats, really. So can't really get them too too far in in uh, in advance. So anyway, I'm gonna wrap this one up. Look for the rankings tomorrow. Let me know what you think um, about them. You can comment now if you got thoughts on the idea before they go live. But you're probably better off just waiting until they go live tomorrow, and then we can discuss them. Come into the chat on on Friday; we'll discuss them, you know, more. If you got certain guys you you, you want to talk about, that's fine. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. I spent a lot of time on it. You know, when I wasn't giving you the rankings that you wanted in the past couple weeks, it's not that I wasn't working on them. It's I was trying to get something that I felt good about doing because just updating the rankings. I know there's some folks that like update them every day. Holy crap! How do you do that? I'm not. I'm not crapping on them either i'm saying like i couldn't do it i can't react to every start like that that's just too much so anyway i do greatly appreciate y'all uh listening to the pod please rate and review on itunes we, we do appreciate that i haven't asked for that in quite a while uh so i, I would appreciate that uh, follow me on twitter at spore 
a lot of you been coming over to the Twitch streams, which has been awesome. Twitch.tv slash PSport24, where I play MLB The Show and we kind of have fantasy baseball chat over there as well. So those are, those are at night. Uh, I will be on tonight, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, you can come by. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, and uh, I'll be back with Eno tomorrow along with my pitcher rankings. Peace.